Well, welcome to TechVets, the podcast, a show dedicated to exploring the world of tech and cybersecurity through the eyes of industry leaders and ex-forces personnel. In this show, we're discussing cybersecurity threats to infrastructure, why the UK is lagging behind other countries when it comes to retraining service leavers, and Fortinet Veterans Programme, a scheme that's hugely successful in the US and which is about to hit the UK. Back in February, a computer hacker gained access to the water system of a city in Florida and tried to pump in a dangerous amount of a chemical into the supply. Uh, although the attack was thwarted, are attacks of this nature on the rise and are we still blissfully ignorant of cybersecurity threats? Joining me to discuss this is Fortinet Veterans Programme Senior Manager Jay Garcia, TechVets James Murphy and TechCrunch Editor-at-Large Mike Butcher. So... Can we have the American view, first of all, Jay? Attacks like this, are they on the increase or have we just been oblivious to them? Well, you know, I, I really think that, you know, they, they are on the increase. Uh, the adversaries, obviously, you know, the, they're growing. They're taking advantage of our vulnerabilities. Uh, we're facing a huge skills gap. So they're definitely taking advantage of that as well. Uh, and Fortinet, which has got good links with organizations like Interpol? I mean, is this, is this one of your focuses or are you very much more commercial security, cybersecurity? Well, definitely. You know, this, this is one of the, you know, this focus is it's all around, right? We're not just focusing on, you know, commercial or, or state and local education. I mean, this is, this is a threat that I think not just Fortinet, but a lot of cybersecurity organizations are taking very seriously uh, and, and are trying to do something to prevent these attacks with, you know, whether the products or the type of training that they're providing. I know, for example, you know, Fortinet has opened all of our training to the public uh, to educate individuals about these attacks, that they are on the rise, uh, and they definitely need to be watchful about them. Mike, you, you've been a journalist in this area for, for decades. Is, uh, is this something you're seeing more coverage of, uh, whether at TechCrunch or in, in other, other online news outlets? Yes, well, um, uh, thank you for mentioning the decades I've been doing tech. Um, uh, it's it's only it's not it's not multiple decades right now. Um, yes, well, the thing is, uh, is that it's interesting how cybersecurity has gone up the agenda, even in the mainstream. A few years ago, it would have been a bit odd to have. Um, maybe say 10, 15 years ago, it you wouldn't really have seen many sort of stories in uh, in mainstream newspapers or bigger tech titles about cyber because it was considered a bit of a niche to, to some extent. Um, but the um, but it's obviously gone up the agenda um, as in particular as state attacks have uh, become, you know, turned onto the, uh, onto the world scene and onto geopolitics and now really large tech titles and big newspapers often have dedicated cyber security uh, reporters a few years ago TechCrunch didn't have a dedicated cyber security reporter because uh, we were we were about start startups and uh, about venture capital uh, but now we do because uh, not only uh, uh, is it a big issue in tech but also there are entrepreneurs who are creating cybersecurity startups um, because it's it's such a, a hot space. So yes, absolutely, it's definitely got, gone up the agenda. 
Um, and I don't really see it going down uh, at all for, for some time to come. James, are you putting more people from the services into this space? Yes. I mean, look, it's it's a very important career path for people to follow. I think uh, it gives people real purpose. The The whole drive behind defending and protecting systems and, and, and people uh, is something that's you know, central, almost a core aspect of, of people leaving the military. So, so we're definitely looking to put people in, and a lot of people are, are leaving the military looking for a career in cybersecurity. I think when we, when we talk about uh, cyber and these, and these big threats and whether it's increasing and why there is a, a greater need for, as Jay said, you know, to, to plug some of these skills gaps, you know, inherently people are the weakest link and you know, more and more people are now using um, digital um, platforms, technology, uh, et cetera. And therefore, there are inherently more vulnerabilities uh, for, for criminals to exploit. And when there is a crisis such as, you know, the pandemic, people let their guard down because they're focused on that primary threat. Um, and therefore, criminals will, will exploit that. And I think, you know, not only are we seeing these, these threats emerge from crises along those lines, but the increased number of people using technology means that there are more people that are susceptible to be attacked by cyber criminals or even state sponsored, um, you know, the nation state uh, hackers. Again, military are very well placed for that, which is why we think uh, they are the primary resource to really defend, you know, not just the UK cyber front line, but to help businesses become more secure. But it, 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 is, a, it is a subject that um, works very well in the media. Uh, and just because there are more stories about it, does it necessarily mean it's, it's happening more? James, is, is, are, you, are you sure it's happening more? I mean, look. I mean, it's it's a it's a fairly logical um, uh, you know sum to to make in, in in your head. Look, I mean, there's always going to be a big attack that follows uh, that, that's then followed by an increased number of stories that are relevant to that. I mean, that's that's the way media works. I'm sure Mike will will say you know there's there's always a story that leads to other stories because that's the hot topic of of the moment. But but yes, I mean, look, if you if you look back to you know ten years ago, I certainly didn't know many of my family that were using, you know, technology platforms. And now we've just had a whole year where people, I mean, I had to teach my entire family how to use Zoom because none of them knew how to use it. You know, kids are using it for study. Teachers who are not trained are using technology platforms to teach. And, and this is not just in, in teaching, not just in family. This is everywhere. Small businesses now have to use technology. You know, I'm speaking to people who are no longer requiring people with forklift driver licenses because they're automating those um, those roles which means everything is becoming linked to the internet digital uh, and therefore vulnerable to attack and at the same time uh, what criminals um, are able to do is is a, is conduct their attacks but actually not put a name to it you know they're hiding behind you know you know disguised ip addresses and usernames you know and and using all sorts of technologies methodologies uh, and tactics to exploit vulnerabilities and the ability to then prosecute individuals where they may be on the other side of the world becomes very very complicated indeed so there's far more scope for people to attack and get away with it i suppose the um the obvious point is uh the 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 next vulnerabilities uh for cyber uh, attack um mike i mean what, what's the next big thing um as far as public cybersecurity attacks is concerned well there's the rollout of 5G um, that's been going on for the last few years across uh, lots of Western nations. And uh, there's an ongoing controversy about whether or not 
Chinese companies like Huawei should be involved and to what extent. Though that debate is uh, continuing to rumble on, uh, whether or not they should be at the centre of the network, at the brains of the network, uh, or they should be really out on the edge or on a slightly the dumber edge of the network. Um, there's also the uh, in increasing amounts of um, artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning applied to uh, the cybersecurity uh, arena. Uh, lots of cybersecurity startups now applying machine, uh, lots of mach machine learning and AI to uh, those kinds of threats uh, in the cyber sphere. Um, I think also the, uh, the issue that uh, was referred to earlier that James brought up about uh, people working from home a lot because of the pandemic, which heralds, frankly, the, the shift to remote working for lots of industries now. And I think this, this uh, behavior is now going to be baked into lots of industries. But of course, uh, once you put people in a home environment, you have to talk about security around Wi-Fi networks, uh, around personal devices. Um, so that's a whole other issue as well. Um, and, uh, and in fact, funnily enough, um, uh, on TechCrunch, we just recently covered a cybersecurity startup called CybeSafe, which was started by a veteran uh, uh, called um, uh, Alash, um, Oz Alash, uh, who is a, a former uh, special forces officer who's done a cybersecurity startup. And his uh, startup, um, CybeSafe, is about... Um, is about that human factor. Is about teaching people how to behave in a in a cyber security manner. Um, so it's definitely in the right place at the right time because so many of us are, of course, having to uh, work remotely, and that's going to be the case for lots of industries going forward. So oddly enough, um, big you know big infrastructure projects, for instance, are now being run from people's you know front rooms and from from uh, from the uh, the spare bedroom. Uh, and so that's that's a big issue going forward as well. Well, that's a perfect link. And uh, James mentioned uh, this uh, earlier on. You know how people from the forces are wonderfully. Uh, you know that they're, they're just right for running this kind of thing. So this is the ideal time to ask you, Jay, about the Force Net Veterans Program. What is it, and and what does it do, and, and why are veterans particularly good in this area? No, this is a, you know definitely a, a great topic that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I served in the military for, you know, roughly 20 years in the United States. And, you know, the, the, the synergies here is that there's, you know, definitely the, the level of experience, the level of uh, intelligence, uh, of grit that a service member brings to the industry. Uh, you know, it's, it's outstanding, as we say. The, the military is, is becoming highly digital. And, and these service members are able to take advantage of programs such as, you know, Tech Vets UK, uh, or the Fortinet Veterans Program as a pathway to get into the industry. Uh, we all know that, you know, the, the reports are out there. Uh, although the skills gap is, is decreasing, it went from, I think, 4 million to down to 3 million, according to ISC Square, there's still a need for cyber professionals. What, what the, the plan is here is that the Fortinet Veterans Program provides training, mentorship, and coaching to these transitioning service members uh, and then able to place them in positions either internal at Fortinet as well as with their industry partners. Uh, and this is one of the partnerships that we have with uh, TechVets UK. I believe right now we're in the upwards of 500 service members that are receiving training from Fortinet. And, and what this allows is that these service members are not just getting the training on Fortinet technology, 
but they're also able to, to cash in on, on vouchers, free exempt vouchers that they can you know, present to person view and be able to get those Fortinet certifications that our, that our partners, our end users, uh, it, they're definitely recognizing and hiring a lot of these service members. James, Fortinet, how, how are you using their veterans program? Absolutely rinsing them. Uh, and for good reason. Um, look, it's a fan- it's a fantastic partnership, uh, and you know, I was quite fortunate. I came on board, and um, Mike and, and the other three uh, co-founders had done all the heavy lifting, and I just uh, sailed in and and signed the deal, and it made it look like I'd uh, done all the done all the work. Um, but it's a fantastic partnership, and and it's gone from strength to strength. And you know, we now have uh, Steve Nolan, who's uh, who's managing that partnership with us. Uh, and we're finding that people are are really, you know, enjoying the training. You know, it's a great opportunity for people because whilst general cybersecurity skills and technical skills are very, very important, the one thing that some of our service leaders won't have is industry-specific technologies uh, that they are trained in or familiar with the use of um, and certainly certified in. And sometimes that can make the difference because if you're looking for a candidate and you are using a certain tech stack, you know, certain platforms – and you have someone that comes to you that has all these wonderful soft skills, a foundation in, in, in technical skills, but also these wonderful certifications that show that you're already um, a, a avid user of that technology. It's a real big win. Um, and it's not just the certifications either. It's, it's the, the strength in the partnership. I think, you know, being able to showcase the way Fortinet does its business in this regard in such a principled way and for the right reasons, and not because veterans are vulnerable, because like us, they appreciate the skills that veterans bring. So therefore, it's all about enhancing business by bringing this diverse talent in, into industry. Uh, and that's exactly what TechVets is about. Jay, it, it is a very diverse talent. I, I picture Fortinet as kind of quite a slick Californian company that, that doesn't have a great deal to culturally to do with the military. How, how did Fortinet come to use them, see the military and the veterans particularly as a resource? No, you know, that, that's a great question. So the, the, the military as a whole, as I mentioned, right, is, is very diverse, very technical. And, and, you know, Fortinet, I think they saw the opportunity back in, in 2013 uh, when a lot of our partners and business partners were asking for talent. And at that point, the unemployment rate amongst military service members, uh, I believe it was up in the 9, 10 percentile. So that's, that's where the, the synergies came about. Uh, and Fortinet is, is always, you know, it's, we always had a presence in the military right now uh, in the United States, 13% of our employees are comprised of veterans. Uh, so that, that is huge right there. And that speaks to, you know, the, the grit again, the determination, the skill set that a lot of these service members have to, to, to complement positions in the cybersecurity space. Uh, so, so that's where, you know, Fortinet started. And what we did is that then we, we try to, to show the love to other organizations uh, and share our talent, and, and we do it for free. We're not charging anybody. We're simply taking these transitioning service members or veterans, providing access to resources, hiring a, a, a pool of those service members and veterans, and then sharing, sharing the wealth of those uh, talent pool to, to other industries as well. That is a great service. Mike, um, does TechCrunch cover military stories i mean military is is very very technical these days and and very very big on cyber security as well as security is 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 that a kind of subject that you you look into 
where TechCrunch is interested in is, you know, we follow the money, basically. We go after the venture capitalists. And if the venture capital guys are into, into the military, then, then fine, we follow them. But um, more practically speaking, uh, it, the military... Um, you know, deals with contractors at a, a different kind of level, to be brutally honest. And uh, um, where we have covered the, the military, uh, it's more in things like, for instance, uh, private sector drone companies, for instance, who might be doing a civilian version of their drone and perhaps a military version. Often you'll see startups emerging from countries like Israel, for instance, which obviously has, for obvious reasons, has a very uh, well-developed uh, military sector um, um, or rather um, military <laughs> or all, all over. Um, and you'll find that um, a, a startup will emerge from that, a country like that, that has a civilian application, which um, either has emerged from a military uh, application or it's, or it, or they in reverse, they, they create something in the civilian sector and then it's applied also in the military sector. That could be a software startup, a software kind of a approach, or it could be physical hardware like drones, for instance. Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely cover things, but we tend to follow the VCs. But the VCs also, they, um, you know, they're looking for exits. They're looking for exits. So they, um, they're not necessarily uh, encouraging their companies to sell to the military because they don't, you don't really grow very fast because you're dealing with big contracts and they take a long time and it's harder to scale. So um, it's more like a spin out version of, of some of the things that, they, that, that a company might do that might have military applications. But then of course, the other aspect is space and space has become uh, militarized not necessarily because the West uh, wants to militarize space, but because uh, it's, you know, the opposition, shall we, shall we call them, um, uh, is, is militarizing it. And space, if you don't control space, you don't really control uh, the ground anymore. So, uh, and that's why it's become a big sector for startups as well. So not just in the delivery vehicles uh, going up into, you know, going up into the stratosphere, but uh, the imaging, uh, the uh, complex data processing that you need when you're dealing with satis satellites, the very, very large amounts of data that come from satellites uh, to do with, uh, you know, location, et cetera. So that's also something that we would cover um, space as a general topic as well. And obviously that there are going to be military applications down the road, of course. And is that all, uh, is that, is that, the civilian side of space in the sense is it, is it civilian companies producing military tech for space or is it the actual military companies that sorry the military itself that's doing that well um uh, for obvious reasons you don't get to sort of watch live youtube videos of uh, military space launches um but companies like spacex elon musk's spacex and of course also blue origin from jeff bezos um, will be uh, are in the delivery business. They're in the you know the the, the the business of putting rockets into the sky and putting uh, satellites into orbit. And of course, there are always going to be military aspects to what they do. We probably won't really hear about them, to be brutally honest. Uh, but that delivery mechanism, for instance, the uh, the BFG, the rocket, um, uh, the B the B the big bleep uh, rocket. Um, is going is obviously going to be deployed as a way of de of deploying military satellites and hardware and, and what have you. Um, so yeah, that, there is that aspect of it. Absolutely. I, I suppose what I'm, I'm driving at is you're a TechVats ambassador. Is that right? 
I'm a co-founder of TechVets, yes. Co-founder of TechVets. Okay, even better. So are you seeing uh, military personnel more techie, for want of a better word, now than you were when you founded it? Well, um, the the sort of short backstory is that um, uh, four of us got together and we realised that um, that military wasn't um, didn't seem to be involved in the technology industry nearly as much as it should do. And certainly as a journalist, I was going to places like Israel, Germany, the US, and meeting veterans uh, who'd um, who'd come out of the forces and then gone into the tech industry, whether it be cyber or anything else, and done startups or joined a big company. And I just didn't seem to see, see that much in, in the UK. Oddly enough, uh, lots of veterans tended to go into traditional security industries or into, um, you, know, the, you know, the square mile, the city, oil and gas, etc. cetera. Um, and so, so that's why, we, why we've got tech vets today, really, because uh, we pushed an open door uh, and uh, thousands of people flooded through because they wanted to get involved. Um, but I think, yes, definitely. Now that, um, you know, it's 2021, we're, you know, a few years into the sort of the second wave of the tech boom that's that happened after the dot com boom of the late 90s. And yes, you definitely see more military people involved. Um, I, I'd say that people who have come from the technical side of, of the, the military signals, for instance, or perhaps special forces who often have to deal with uh, lots, lots of tech um uh, seem to seem to kind of um fall into fall into a lot of uh, tech roles but the other really fantastic and exciting thing i think that tech vets has uncovered is people who realize that they've got skills um which are wholly applicable in the technology industry and in cyber uh, because they understand people they have the soft skills they have uh, the organizational skills and, you know, and then, and frankly, the rest is, you know, that, that you just learn, you know, whether it be uh, coding or whether it be, you know, dealing with software stacks or whatever it is. So that's been the really exciting thing. You know, a, a guy who used to, you know, um, do navigation or, or, a, a, or a girl who was uh, doing, uh, you know, logistics or something in, in the forces uh, has realizes that actually they are welcome in the tech industry. They can get involved. And that's what's really, really exciting about the whole project. Jay, do you, do you think uh, America leads on giving veterans or finding cybersecurity jobs for veterans uh, compared to the rest of the world? What's, what's your experience of the rest of the world beyond tech vets? No, absolutely, uh, Charlie. And, you know, my experience has been is that it, here in the United States, obviously, we're going to have more organizations. Uh, and a prime example is, you know, in, in the UK, uh, we only have one partner in this tech vets uh, to, to try to you know, lift the forces and to get into technology. Uh, here in the United States, we have nine different partner nonprofit organizations that are doing that lifting uh, you know, with us to try to get more service members into the industry. Uh, so I, I think that's where you know, the difference is going to be at is that you know, we need to get more nonprofit organizations like tech vets uh, in the UK, uh, in other regions, and, and definitely what, what needs to happen is that they need to see the value that a service member, uh, a veteran, brings into the industry. And something to note here is that it's not just technical roles that they can get into. I mean, there's sales roles, there's marketing roles, there's logistics roles, human resources roles that a lot of these veterans can get into uh, as perhaps a path into 
the technical jobs down the road as well. But we've learned in previous podcasts that you, you do need that kind of tech interest to work in the industry. You can't come in completely cold, can you? Um, James, uh, I don't think Jay would be drawn on whether America was, you know, miles ahead of the UK on, on placing veterans. Um, w- w- what's your view? Do you, th- do you think we're, a, we're ahead in the UK or are we lagging behind America? Uh, I, it's probably a very unfair comparison to make um, and, and almost it would, it would create inaccuracies because first and foremost, um, you know, TechFets covers the entirety of UK and we can do that because UK is pretty small. Um, the US is absolutely huge. Uh, so, so therefore, they've got a lot more ground to cover. They've also got a far bigger military force. So the numbers are always going to look a lot greater. And, you know, DOD, I know, um, fund or provide funding for organizations to provide programs. Um, and we don't necessarily have that in the same way in the UK. But I think certainly, you know, through experience, I can definitely say that there is an issue with the UK um, it, with service leavers coming out of the military and being ill-prepared for uh, a career in technology or cybersecurity. And that is primarily because the, the current support that they have on their resettlement program is based on a very traditional employment model and not one on modern employment. You know, if you want to, if you want to become a driver, you can do a five-day course, get a, get a um, license and use your soft skills to land a job. If you want to get into cybersecurity, Funnily enough, it's not as easy as doing a five-day course. You've got to really learn how to how to implement those skills and to solve the complex problems that the teams are facing around the world. So, in order to get that training, it's got to be a little bit of a longer process. Um, and you know, the people that are coming out need to understand. They need to manage their expectations. You know, you can't just jump straight in and be a super you know specialist in cybersecurity. You, you have to do a bit of learning first if you're coming to it from from afresh. So. We're not really um, providing, uh, I say we, uh, UK, are not really setting, setting our service people up for success in this regard. And, you know, thankfully, um, you know, through the, through the hard work of the four co-founders and subsequently the last year that I've been in post um, as CEO of TechVets, you know, what we have done is built a pathway which supports those veterans and service leavers into cybersecurity and, and infosec and tech in general. Um, in the right way but we do that because we partner you know we don't do all the heavy lifting we work with fantastic organizations like Fortinet and our other partners you know we work with CTP and you know we're now integrated as a, as a program uh, within RFEA the forces employment charity so we're looking to work with other organizations to make sure we maximize um, how much um, support we can provide and to you know increase the amount of people that we provide that support to um, but it's some, in some regards, it's a bit of a Band-Aid. Um, ideally, we want people to be doing this all the way through their career. So when they finish, you know, like Jay and like, like myself, with two decades worth of experience each, um, when, when you leave, you don't want to be faced with that horrible situation where you need to land a job at this certain point in time, a year out from when you first sign, off, sign your papers, uh, and you've got to learn enough, but actually it's a risk because you'll only have about three to four months to really get that training done right at the end. And if you pick the wrong stuff, you might not make a job. So you're going to play it safe. So it becomes really difficult. It's a very complex and challenging and quite scary um, pathway for, for many service leavers, you know, and this is just unfortunate at the time that we're not setting them up for success. I'm scared you're putting them off. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to ask Jay, if you can give me a, an anecdote, a story about, 
you don't have to name them, but somebody who has left the American military and 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 moved into a good job with the help of of uh, Fortinet Veterans Program. No, definitely, we have a, a sales engineer actually located here in Southern California that before exiting the the Marine Corps in this case, he utilized the Veterans Program. He was able to get the training. He was able to get access to mentors, uh, and we introduced him to the the hiring manager for a position here in Southern California. He interviewed, aced the interview, uh, and has been with Fortinet for about three and a half years already as a sales engineer. Uh, You know, this individual retired service member from the Marine Corps, uh, 22 years of experience, uh, high in the ranks, and he was still able to utilize uh, such a service. And this is something that, you know, I'm I'm not sure if if, uh, James over in uh, in the UK, uh, I think the recipe here is educating them early enough so that they can prepare for that transition uh, early enough, not at the last three months before they leave the military, not after they leave the military. We want to make sure that we're speaking with these service members while they're still in the military so that they can prepare, whether it's finances, prepare you know, the, the location that they want to retire and, and move to relocate after they yeah. leave the service, as well as learn about the various nonprofit organizations that can help them get there. We yeah, cannot absolutely. do it alone. Yeah. No, absolutely. Our, our this is, program. Yeah, this yeah. is something that, that we're, we're really, I think we're really nailing. You know, our, our community is our unique selling point. Uh, and that's because, you know, an individual can jump into that massive pool of people that also includes a load of veterans who are already out in industries as professionals in cyber or tech. And they can get absolutely 100% free advice, proper advice from people who have walked the walk and can talk the talk. And, you know, even asking those simple questions, um, you know, what do you call your, you know, what do you call your boss and what do you wear to work all the way through to commuter costs and benefits packages, you know, and then they're talking about, you know, you know, certain skill sets that are required within certain roles, cultures within organizations, and all of that sort of background stuff really sets them up to then be more confident when they start learning the technical skills. Can you, can you, James, can you give me an example of somebody in the UK who has done that US Marine, that, what, what he did, so 22 years of experience and goes into sales engineer job, um, not from a standing start, but, you know, how, how would a UK version sound? Uh, well, we've had, we've had loads recently. And in fact, just, uh, just earlier this afternoon um, on our celebrations channel, we had a young man who, who has, um, you know, readying to leave the military, has spent ages trying to upskill, really unsure of what he wanted to do, but used tech vets to, you know, use the Veteran Digital Cyber Academy, used, uh, the, uh, managed to get a, a, you know, um, access to a load of other resources that we have available, who's then gone on and landed a role as a cybersecurity analyst with a company and had three offers on the table and, and, and selected, um, you know, the most, the, the most uh, you know, ideal one for him. And having three options when you start that journey panicking, um, just because he had that community support, but had that standard grit and determination to do all the learning, to really push himself um, in the right way. And, and it's great to see that sort of success. But we're seeing people from all ranks um, going into all sorts of different roles, from sales engineers um, to, to um, business development managers, all the way through to penetration testers and cybersecurity consultants, um, assurance managers, the works. I think Generally speaking, there is a role in cyber for every single person, you know, in society and and military are able to capitalize on the fact that they're lucky that they've had a really good background where they've developed some core skills that businesses need. And all they need 
is the right advice, the right guidance, the right support to understand where to focus their hard skill development to, to ensure they get the right job. And, and if I can add, right, I mean, and, and you know, James hit it, hit, hit it in the head, is providing these service members, these veterans options. Uh, here, here in the United States, uh, you know, statistically, you know, it shows that when a service member gets out of the military and they land their first job, they're not going to keep that job for more than six, six months to a year uh, because it wasn't the right fit for them. Uh, it wasn't the right fit for the organization. So, so these programs, I think they definitely provide more options to the service member, to that veteran, so that they can decide which is the best option for them that is going to yield them some long-term uh, uh, results. Uh, because the last thing that, that we want to do, I, I know as a service member myself, uh, I didn't want to have to transition my family every six months, every year. And that's, that's something that we definitely need to think about whenever we accept any type of roles with organizations is we got to make sure that it's the right fit because it's not just us making that decision. It's also our families. Mike, does this, does this, these, these anecdotes, do they, do they give you heart? I mean, you sounded like you were a little bit kind of not down on the military as a technical resource, but I mean, what you're hearing from Jay and James, does it make you feel like, uh, you know, tech vets, Fortinet Veterans Programme has have got a great future? Oh, I, no, I'm, I'm not sure I, I came across that way. I, I, I was just characterising how, um, you know, how, uh, you know, they're sort of split between, you know, military projects and, and private sector, that, that's all. Uh, as far as the skills are concerned and, and the talent that's in the military, it's fantastic. And uh, one thing I was always completely bemused about was why um, I was constantly having to sort of deal with uh, technology entrepreneurs, often kind of young and a bit inexperienced, who are sort of tearing their hair out about what to do, um, how to get organized, how to organize their team, um, and, and the contrast with uh, the people, kinds of people that I've met uh, who've come out of the military, who've had fantastic organizational skills, great team skills, um, can steady the ship, um, get people moving, know, the, know lots about, you know, the direction of, of, of how a team should work. And, um, and I think actually that's, that, sort of th that sort of stuff is a, a real match made in heaven. And, you know, I'm, I'm just staring at the, you know, our sub, our sub security page on TechCrunch. Uh, right now and um, and looking at uh, how startups raising capital in, in this space. And these fast moving companies um, require those kinds of skills, not just for the fact that they might, uh, that they understand the tech itself, but also they understand team dynamics and they understand how people think. Because let's face it, people in the military, that's, you know, that <laughs> over 60% of the time, you're actually trying to motivate people and get people, you know, going in the right direction, everyone being clear on the, on the objective. Um, and that sort of skill is really amazing in very fast moving companies, um, who, which are often fluid. But this isn't a kind of a fly by night sector. Uh, these companies raise large amounts of money. Uh, they move quickly, they scale fast, they hire lots of people very quickly. And so um, anyone who's, who's done teamwork, uh, obviously in the military, you're, you're for, by, for obvious reasons, you're going to be doing that. But who understands how to organize people, those are the skills who, which, which the technology industry, and especially in startups, fast moving startups when they're scaling, 
welcome with open arms. It's really just such a, an incredible opportunity. Um, so so uh, I think it's just a match made in heaven, personally. Well, that's a nice warm way to end that. Thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you, Jay. Thank you, James, for joining us. Uh, for our listeners, you can find out more about TechVets and how to become a member by visiting techvets.co or searching for TechVets on LinkedIn. If you're a business owner or work for a company in the tech industry and want to find out how to get more veterans into your team, drop James Murphy a message via LinkedIn. You'll find all the contacts you need in the description for this post. We'll be back in April with our next TechVets podcast. Thanks for joining us.